Sportstruck with Clark and Alyssa. Feels good to be back. It does. Back in the world of Hogwarts, or or the Dursleys house, <laughs> or the or the Dursleys house, where we find ourselves at the beginning of every single Harry Potter book. Not this one though. Not at the very beginning. Well, yeah, we broke the mold. We did. We broke the mold in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, book four of the legendary Harry Potter series. Is it six books or seven books? Seven. Okay, I own six of them now. So uh, my my parents are like, here, have these. And there are six of them. And I'm like, thanks. This is the complete set, right? And they're like, yes. What like, are you missing? I don't know. I think one of the last ones. Because I, I saw Deathly Hallows on your counter. Is that the last one? Uh-huh. Okay. Well, so you're missing one in the middle. <laughs> I'm missing six in that case because I have a five book box set and Deathly Hallows. Yep. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, interesting. Uh, either way, I'm I'm ready for this. It, it the, I'm probably gonna hear uh, hear from people about this, but six I think is the most forgettable. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just skip that one. Let's make our season numbers make sense that's again. Prob- that's probably not true. I bet a bunch of people are have very different opinions on that. From What's me. the name of uh, book six? The Half Blood Prince. Oh yeah, sounds boring. Sounds half entertaining, I guess. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna turn my phone on here, so I hope it doesn't crackle. Okay. But I realized we were gonna do a thing because we got an email. We oh we did get an email. Yeah. Before before we get into the whole Harry Potter stuff, chapter one through three, which is what we're discussing today. <laughs> before we do all that, we did get some really good feedback from our Never Let Me Go episodes. Uh, so a really thought provoking thing feedback from a a person. Yay! Gender neutral because I'm not sure on this. Named Cade, um, and I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's several paragraphs. And but, it's very nice. It's um, so sweet. Thank you, Cade. Uh, it was it was directly to me uh, regarding my wondering when when I thought Madame was blind, and I was like, but but there's art on the wall, and I don't understand that. And if she's blind, why would she have art on the wall? Well, Cade, listener Cade, uh, who. Uh, is blind uh, has a couple of counterpoints for us he or she wrote I generally don't keep many lights on when I'm home alone because then I usually get distracted and forget they're on resulting in a sad sad electricity bill I get that however if I have visitors who care about light I definitely make sure to turn them on and I also have lamps around my house if my friends want to read or whatever it's a common stereotype that blind people languish in the dark and I've never been comfortable with it hmm Second, there are several reasons a blind person may want art on their walls. Maybe they went blind later in life and save their art pieces because they remember being able to see them. Mm-hmm. Maybe they are just art enthusiasts who are, were gifted who were gifted paintings along with detailed descriptions. Mm-hmm. I have some Harry Potter art that my sister gave me, and although it doesn't have tactile features, she made sure to describe exactly what it looks like. I also have pictures of my family, my mom, dad, cousins, my adorable niece and nephew, my seeing-eye dogs, because they're talking points, just as with everyone else. I love that. I wish everyone had pictures of their dogs. I mean, you see it in some houses, but like it should Not be right there with the yep. kids. It's family. Yeah. I love showing off pictures of adorable babies and adorable puppies. Adorable puppies. Who doesn't? You need a picture of your cat. I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> need to capture its essence. And and uh, Cade finishes off, didn't write in because I'm offended or anything. I just thought I'd do my part in disproving some common stereotypes around blind people. And the author may well have meant Madame to be blind. And to that, I say, very lazy tropes, sir, please try again. <laughs> nice. I <laughs> so, like that. Clap back. I Yeah. So I just really appreciated a different perspective, one that I've never had before. And yeah. a lot of really wonderful counterpoints that gave me a lot of food for thought. So I just really appreciated it. I think there's something beautiful about giving something beautiful to someone and just, like, explaining it to them mm-hmm. in, like, a way and, like, painting the picture in their mind, like... That's beautiful. And then every time they like hold it or or touch it, they can just like bring that to their mind. I really like the idea of that. So yeah. that was, yeah, very insightful email. Very, very thankful for that. It reminds me a little bit of a book that I read last summer um, by Josh Sundquist, who's a YouTuber. Mm-hmm. His first novel called Love and First Sight. And it's about a blind teenager who undergoes surgery to regain sight and hmm. that i'd be interested Cade, to hear if you've read that and if you, you had any thoughts on it because it bothered me reading it it felt very much like the lazy tropes that you were talking about mm. even though i'm big big fan of josh sunquist and 
and I, I do love a lot of the things that he does. It, it's I struggled with it. It felt like he may have talked to very few blind people. It felt like he did too much research, almost. Like, mm. it became a slave to the research, uh, and, like, halfway through, it was lots of medical, very specific medical steps. And I was like, I don't really... Yeah. It's not overwhelmingly serving the story. But gotcha. Huh. Didn't mean to give a bad review of a thing. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> Go read this book if you like lazy tropes. Uh, it's, it's it's a light read. It's a quick read. If yeah. if you want a good quick YA love story, it's nice. Cool. No, that's good. Thanks so much for writing in again. Uh, yeah, blind people don't just languish in the dark. They're mm-hmm. very much full, individual, bright, colorful people. And they have communities Yay! who they care about. That makes sense. <laughs> it does, right? Wow. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. People people are people. Uh, that's great. Um, so you ready for chapter one of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire? So, so ready. Boom. Synopsis me. Okay. Chapter one is the Riddle House. And in this chapter, the village of Little Hangleton has <laughs> a triple murder in its past. Uh. And the man people thought did it the gardener of course Mm. is still the gardener at the decrepit house 50 years later and when that man explores the house one night he finds wormtail lord voldemort and nagini plotting yes especially nagini that plotful plotful snake i like i knew you'd like the snake it's a great character (laughs) it just really shines on screen i It's it's just a wonderful. It's a giant snake. Yeah, another giant snake. Well, it's friendly. Ish. It's, it's not. It's chatty. It's not on like full <laughs> attack dog mode, just attacking everyone. It just like sly. It just slides by him and doesn't really do anything. And then it's like, hey, by the way, there's some dude out there. <laughs> like that's that's the kind of guard dog I want. Be like, hey man, just saying, oh, lock your door. Um, there's someone out there. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this whole this whole Frank Boyce, who is the Bryce 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 Frank I Bryce. I wrote down Bryce. It's Boyce feels I more. Uh, no, I think you're right. It's a better name than Bertha Jorkins. Tell you that. Oh, poor Bertha. Oh, poor Bertha <laughs> Jorkins. Na- don't name your child Bertha Jorkins. Oh man, she seems like you know one of the flyers on like Yellow Squad. Like what is it, Porkins? That one guy on Star Wars that flew the, uh, ooh, yeah, couldn't tell you. X wings. Not not that not big X-wing, of a Star Wars fan. Okay, that's okay. There's a Porkins, and that's what I thought every time I saw Jorkins. Um, uh, but Frank Bryce, the gardener, who the whole town turned on, very quickly. Very by quickly. by the end of the night, or like by the by the next morning, the entire town had already convicted this man. Yeah. This like nice just, quiet vet who just keeps to himself. Oh, over a pint, they've they've mm. found him guilty. Don't do that, people. So I was trying to figure out when I was reading this mm-hmm. what the function of this whole story is. Like we we go through the whole and we get like the town gossip and we get some like sort of story within a story scene setting. And I was mm-hmm. trying to figure out like why why bother. Uh, hmm. It doesn't pass that uh bechdel test does it it's not knocking that out in the first chapter is it because they're because they're talking about a guy well there and there are no ladies (laughs) yeah not to do that (laughs) definitely not to get that out of the way uh it's uh i don't know it's kind of world building it's it's not very often in the first book or two that joanne would actually show things happening outside of harry you know so it's like a nice way to actually zoom out and like see what this whole situation looks like to people who aren't right in the middle of it, who have no idea who Lord Voldemort is. Like we we never really get to see what the common person would do when experiencing Voldemort. And now we know. He's really freaky. And this whole thing is crazy and like he can like possibly kill people out of fright. And to think about uh, Lord Voldemort interacting with muggles is something that, you know, hasn't really come up. Though he killed muggles, right? Yes. Yeah, so it's like there's that. But uh, I don't know. I think it was just a nice outside view of to... It's a way to just kind of zoom out and get perspective. It reminds me a lot of the first chapter of Sorcerer's Stone, Hmm. which takes place largely from 
the Dursley's perspective and from Vernon Dursley's perspective, really. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and just this sort of like, meanwhile, all of this other stuff is going on. And it feels like a container story. That yeah, like, yeah. A little bottle episode. Yeah. And but I, I was trying to figure out, okay, so so why? Why this one? Why? And I mean we're we're telling this background story and we're we're giving Voldemort a location and we're giving some like ominous like Wormtails made it to Voldemort and Yep, made it back. And some um Good old worm tongue. I mean tail. <laughs> totally different. One people. in the same. <laughs> um so there's that, but I, I sort of jotted down when all of the townspeople are like speaking up and be like, of course it was him. And oh man, not Frank. It couldn't be. And he's so nice and keeps to himself and the whole, all, all the like very impassioned thoughts about this, yeah. this vet who probably has PTSD, Poor guy. um, came back with a bum leg. Uh, I feel like it, it it's, sort of demonstrating this power of gossip and this hmm. power of groupthink. Okay. And how like that that grips the town so quickly and it still doesn't really shake it fifty years later. Like he's still living in this house on the grounds and people still kind of view him as that guy who probably killed the riddles. We just aren't entirely sure how. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It I there's so much that this is clearly just kind of leading up to where it's like yeah, we'll know when they tell us. <laughs> I could speculate, but you know, we don't have enough data quite yet. Uh, though there is a lot of foreshadowing to the faithful servant that's still back at Hogwarts. Yep. Bum bum bum. Who dat? That's eh, probably Snape or something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's the bad guy, right? Uh, is that? I mean, that's. Aren't those the same words that Trelawney's prophecy said? And the servant of Lord Lord Vol- Voldemort will return. Yeah, so, but we kind of assumed that they were talking about Wormtail. And maybe, and maybe we were. And is Vol- is maybe Voldemort we do- playing some mind games on Wormtail? Because <laughs> once my once my favorite child arrives, <laughs> we can get things done. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Look at how much it torments Wormtail. It's true. It's true. It is a good strategy, but uh, it's a strategy <laughs> to be on good. It's a strategy. Uh, boy, that's nah, probably Snape. No, um, I mean, who knows? Let's see. What was sketchy about Hogwarts last time? Um, By that time, my faithful servant will have rejoined us. <laughs> uh huh. Faithful in italics. <laughs> as if to say that's not you buddy so who do you think the faithful servant at hogwarts is huh what can i get out of you what you got i um oh, okay let's see mm-hmm. what bertha, if bertha jorkins <laughs> what if okay it's a ghost oh that could be what if what if it's hagrid oh what if that's yeah, not hagrid uh, okay, my money is not on Snape. No matter what, like Snape is always the red herring for everything. Oh yeah, that's great. Let's go with that. Let's, let's like drag that red herring out as long as we possibly can. Like he's not gonna be the he he's not gonna be in the yes column for a very long time. Oh, let's just keep just, betting on red. No. You know, fifty fifty. Harry's Harry's first guesses are gonna be Snape and Malfoy. <laughs> Snape and Malfoy. Yep. Uh, it's probably not Dumbledore. Ooh, there would be a plot twist. <laughs> Turns out <laughs> Dumbledore is just saving his life because he really wants it to be at just the right time that they get Harry. Yeah, I don't know. The faithful servant, It's if he's been there a long time, then it's not going to be whatever, um, whatever professor they drag up this time. I, are we ever going to get a professor that just stays in that one class, Defense Against the Dark Arts? It's cursed. It's cursed, but like... Okay, we'll find that out later. How do you how do you break that curse? Jorkins. I don't know. Dumbledore. Probably Snape. Um <laughs> They found a girl named Bertha Jorkins and yeah. so, pulled her memories out yeah, and Worm, interrogated her. Wormdale brought her to Voldemort. And yeah, the, we, what do we we know very little about her. She worked at the ministry. Yeah. And they got some information from her. And she was 
she had important information because she had curses, like she had uh, mind blocks up. And maybe and had Voldemort f- got past him. Maybe she'd forgotten the thing. That's sort of how I understood it. Is oh. not not only like did she have the important information, but it had they'd already hmm. put a memory charm on her. Interesting. And they broke that. Yeah. So like they someone had hit it in a box in her mind, and she couldn't access it. Voldemort can. I wonder what Voldemort looks like at this point. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. What do you think? His corporeal form. Uh... Is he corporeal? I guess he's he's able to drink snake milk. <laughs> Can we talk about that? <laughs> oh, it's so gross. Do you know? Uh, it, it's not what it sounds like. It's not. It's not. It's venom sacs. You you milk a snake by essentially taking a jar and putting like um like stretching a balloon or some rubber over it, and then you get the snake to bite onto that rubber, and it catches their fangs in there. And then you press down gently on the top of their head, and it empties out the the venom sacs, and you can see it dripping down their fangs. So he's drinking snake venom, presumably. Huh. Yeah, it's that, not that totally tracks. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's how you milk a snake. <laughs> I thought the same thing at first too, and then I'm like, wait, no, no, no. I actually I actually know this one. <laughs> I, yeah, my my first thought was, where the heck does it come from? <laughs> like, yeah, he, it's just snake venom. They're getting it from the venom sacs. Huh. Which is probably why he wasn't super looking forward to it, because especially if you don't have like all the setup for it, you're essentially just like trying to hold yep. the snake's mouth open. You're and poking knock a it snake bit. in the head and being like, "Please don't kill me." <laughs> yeah, please just dispense your venom. I haven't gotten venom. rid of all of your venom yet, so if you bite me, I, I I'm a die. Yeah. <laughs> What's the snake's name? Nagini. 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 I, I think it's Nagini. Ah, Nagini. Somebody touching my spaghetti. Nagini. Um. Hmm. So that's milking snakes, everyone. I did not look up that name meaning. Oh, that's a good idea. Birth of Jorkins, ministry. She it must probably means snake in some language. <laughs> probably. It's probably like Inuit or something like really obscure. Uh, okay. Birth of Jorkins. Where were we? <laughs> Nagini. Female counterpart for a class of entity... Or being that takes the form of a very large snake. <laughs> large snake. <laughs> okay, so it's a it's a snake named it's a large snake named large snake. <laughs> That's great. Very original. That's it's on brand. It's very Pokemon. Sanskrit. Sanskrit. Oh, that's nice. I like it. Is there a pronunciation? Surprising. That's surprisingly um, interested in 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 the world of color for <laughs> Voldemort. Yeah. Maybe the snake came with a name. Maybe it's not a snake that he named. It could be. It came with a little name tag. <laughs> but it wasn't a name tag. It was just the description tag. <laughs> it's a cobra. Ooh. I like it. Anyway. Uh, hmm. Thank you for falling down that rabbit hole with me. Yeah, it was fun. Um, so uh, my question for you is yeah, yeah. Uh, they're, clear, they're plotting. Yeah. And whatever they're plotting. Mm-hmm. Doesn't need to have Harry, but where Voldemort's sitting, it needs to have Harry. It really wants Harry. What is the thing? Mm-hmm. What are they plotting? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just going to throw out some Harry Potter words here. Yep. Um, Do it. Uh, what is it called? What is it called? What is it called? Uh, oh, it's the things that he has like seven of and you have to get rid of all of them. Dang it. What's the word? Horcruxes. Could be a Horcrux plot. Okay. But I'm pretty sure he's already had that in place. So I, it might be a Horcrux thing. Okay. Because I know Harry plays into that somehow. Uh, Which, for the record, do you have any idea what a Horcrux is? Uh, yeah, I'm assuming it's uh, you You kind of fragment yourself into a bunch of different pieces so that you'd have to destroy all of them at the same time because you can come back fully from any one of them. Okay. It's It would take it would be easier if there were multiples to come back from, but... Uh, it, it and you could come back from just one somehow. It would Kay. just uh, be a long process, it's which is does that track tran- transformer scenario? Yeah, transformer <laughs> scenario. It's just it just makes you really really hard to kill, especially if you attach yourself to a person. So it could be something like that. Uh, I don't know how that would actually get Voldemort immediate power. I mean, it makes him harder to kill, but it doesn't actually get him any further in his quest right now so so what what does he need harry for or uh, another or another wizard 
what would he prefer Harry for? Probably some powerful magical spell. I mean, like, because Harry's young enough to be, like, still somewhat impressionable. And, like, if he were to go to Dumbledore, like a stronger wizard, there's just no real chance that he could overpower them and get a vast amount of magic. So he needs a lot of magic, like, a lot. But he can't go to, like, the older people, the Snapes and the Dumbledores, because he's not strong enough to fight them yet. So he's so hoping like sort that... of, like, funneling their magic into him? Yeah. Or... Well... Okay. Or, I mean, like, it's called Goblet of Fire. Maybe he's trying to procure some powerful artifact that you need some powerful force to get to. And he's like, well, Harry Potter's pretty powerful, and he's still young and impressionable, and I just kind of want to see him again. He's he's weak enough, slash has killed me many times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. It's a very abusive relationship here. It's just like trying to find excuses to be back with Harry again. Harry's the carrot. <laughs> yeah, it's like Voldemort. Like, play a new song. Like, you're better than this. Like, <laughs> like, please have Give some self-respect. No means no. <laughs> just settle for Bertha Jorkins. She's a perfectly nice wizard. She's, you know, she's yeah, a could, nice friend. Could they have used Bertha Jorkins nah, for whatever they, this thing is? Nah, they got whatever they needed out of her. They just needed data. I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I think we will find out in later chapters. Yay! <laughs> uh, what else do we have for this chapter? Uh, um, let's see. What did Frank see before he died? That's kind of Voldemort, course, Voldemort's form we were just talking about, mm -hmm. right? Which I never really gave you an answer yeah, for. Yeah, you dodged it. Oh, boy. I hope he's, like, wispy and silvery and has big cloaks and, like, he he looks like a person, but then you look a little bit closer and he's still just, like, a little bit, like, transparent almost, like, flickering, like not really all the way there. And I feel like doors and windows just don't really matter to him because he's still kind of in ghost mode. Um, okay. Or he's just real ugly. I <laughs> Specify. <laughs> real ugly. Well, I think there's something, I don't know if we talked about this or if it's just kind of like that weird Harry Potter osmosis from living in the world. But like, Every time he uses great power or comes back, he has to, like, sacrifice something, like his nose and stuff like that. So, eventually, it's just, like, he has no nose or ears, and he's just, like, this, this gross thing. He's the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. There we go. There we go. <laughs> now, that's a movie. Uh, Dan <laughs> loves Phantom of the Opera. If you ask Dan, hey, Dan, what's your favorite musical? He will say Andrew Lloyd Webber's The Phantom of the Opera. Is that real? Uh, I don't know. We'll see if Dan texts me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I think he hates it. I so. think so too. Or maybe he just thinks it's a funny answer. <laughs> no, I don't think he would even answer that joking that he really hates it. So next question, who owns the house now? Yeah, and this was just kind of a hmm. passing thought. At what point does Frank get the house? <laughs> like he's the gardener. He he's nowhere in the will. He's the gardener who maybe killed the family. Did not kill the family. <laughs> he frightened them to death. I wonder what his alibi was. I mean, like... I, I I think he didn't have one, which is why they had him... Why they arrested him. That stands to reason. He's like, I was in my house, alone, making tea. Yeah. Oh, that was kind of sad when he's like, I have a wife waiting for me, and Voldy's like, no, you don't. I'm like, oh, bro. You, you have no one. Shots fired, <laughs> man. Like, like, calm down. You don't touch a man's loneliness. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me be. <laughs> Let me lie about having a wife for <laughs> once in my life. This is so hard to believe. So that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> what was your favorite quote from chapter one? Oh, my favorite quote from chapter one is on the very first page of the book. Come on. All right. <laughs> Coming out swinging. <laughs> <laughs> Felt like cheating. Mm. Um, okay. On page one. The story had been picked over so many times and had been embroidered in so many places that nobody was quite sure what the truth was anymore. Hmm. Which is talking about the story of the riddles, deaths, and Frank Bryce's role in it and that to me is just such an interesting way a very tangible way to talk about the ways our stories mm. evolve as we retell them yeah like lore i like it I embroidered like it. in so many places like yeah. that that to me paints a picture of the old biddies around the town 
in a circle, like needle pointing mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. just saying whatever comes comes to their minds and not checking it at all. Yep. And just, you know, making their pattern daisies and their doilies and just perpetuating it. Not really considering the ramifications. I like it. That kind of feeds into what you were saying about this being about rumors, too. Yeah. And I, I mean, I read that on the first page. And so before I even had that thought, I liked that quote. So, hmm. order of operations there. Yay. Clark, what's your favorite quote? Uh, mine was, I, I did really like the, you know, besides being, they were very healthy except for being dead. I did like that. But I think my favorite was on page 14. And it's more just to stay in character more than anything. It's a good quote. Um, <clears throat> so, let's see. Uh, it was right when Snake, Snake, <laughs> Frank gets caught. <clears throat> The cold voice was coming from the ancient armchair before the fire, but Frank couldn't see the speaker. The snake, on the other hand, was curled up on the rotting hearth rug like some travesty, or like some horrible travesty of a pet dog. I did like that quote. I almost horrible chose it, and I was like, nope, travesty. Clark's going to pick that one. <laughs> yep. I sure do like that snake. It's real cute. I want it. Uh, I like it a lot. It's my favorite character. <laughs> Chapter two, the scar. <laughs> the scar. Uh, synopsis me. Harry awakens from a nightmare at the Dursley's house to his scar hurting. <laughs> Tons of, remember those last three books? Uh-huh. And Harry tells an adult. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> There's so very little to say about this chapter. Because Man, we're going to blaze through this one. So much of it is setting up, remember Hermione? Remember Ron? Remember... Mm. The Weasleys? The the owls? Remember 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 how Harry almost died lots of times? Remember Remember when Harry met Sally? Also a good movie, not based on Shakespeare. (laughs) (laughs) Remember all those things? Mm -hmm. Okay, good. We're all caught up. Yay, exposition chapter for those just tuning in to Harry Potter. One thing that I really appreciated in this very short chapter Mm -hmm. was Harry's processing of... My scar hurts, and this is weird. I want to tell someone. Harry tells an adult. He he He's, like, <sighs> and and I like that he gets to like. I'm gonna tell an adult, but I really like the process that he goes through of it. He's like, well, I mean, I I could write to Dumbledore, and then he kind of drafts the yeah, uh, yeah the first couple of sentences in his head, and he's like. That's ridiculous. Mm, like, mm. this is the most powerful wizard in the world. And I'm going to be sending him <laughs> that I have a headache. Yeah. And I had a scary dream. No. And so, like, his, his Gryffindor pride gets in the way. Yep. And then he thinks about Mr. Weasley. And he's like, well, if I if I tell one of them, then suddenly the entire Weasley household is going to know my business. Which is true. Good, and good thought. I think he, like, I mean, I understand that fear. But I think he doesn't give the Weasley parents enough credit that I think they know how to be discreet. I mean, we saw that in, what was that last book or two books ago where he like, uh, the dad pulled him aside and is like, Hey, Oh, that was last book because he's saying like, Mm. Hey, yeah. I mean, he pulls him aside, but that's after they have a very loud fight behind their door (laughs) in in their room. And Harry listens outside their door. That's a good point. But I think if, I think if Harry's, were legitimately worried and if he reached out to them and if he talked to them like the parents that they clearly are trying to be to him i i think that it it would they would treat him well and they would take care of his fears well for sure and there's the other the other issue and it's just like so much of this chapter i was reading through this lens of shame and how he's just like he wakes up and he like he clearly feels like I'm 14. I've got all my stuff in my room. Like I've I've finagled kind of a, some decent digs at the Dursleys. Like yeah. I've hacked the system. He's carved out his little niche. I shouldn't be waking up with from nightmares. Yeah. Like I shouldn't be this little kid anymore. And like I shouldn't be afraid of Voldemort anymore. And I shouldn't like these things like shouldn't like he feels some shame that that mm. he is afraid and that he is worried and that he is human and fallible and maybe has some sort of weird something going on with his scar. Yeah. Maybe not 
maybe not like the all-powerful hero he's set up to be like or that the world paints him as yeah i mean that has been thrust on him and he did talk about too about how it's like he's taken a lot of falls (laughs) he's he's been broken a lot like i'm scrappy he's kind of just used to it yeah like but but this this screws him up a bit you know kind of like the dementors he had the same thing with the dementors in the last book of like whoa there are some strong forces out there that i am not ready for and it's like no no one really is and he's really ashamed to tell people yeah and and like i i was just so proud of him when he actually did write it down Mm -hmm. and it's the next chapter before he sends it but he actually sends it to an adult who he trusts which is serious yay but it was just like it was a really heartbreaking and lovely progression of him going through these actual trusted adults who would take care of him Mm -hmm. who he was just so scared to be that vulnerable with yeah but i don't know even the fact that he considered it you know matters it's huge oh huge huge steps forward towards like we're seeing we're seeing who harry really holds close and this yeah this chapter accomplished that very well and he ended up with Sirius, which is great. I like Sirius. I, I'm happy to see that he's still around. I still don't really like his casting choice for the movie, but whatever. Whatever. Yeah, poor Gary Oldman. He's. I know. He tries so hard. Belongs in Batman. <laughs> yep. Let's see. So you have written on here, like, why does Harry Scar hurt? And And I guess you were saying this whole time, like, Harry had a dream. But, like, no, he didn't. He saw reality. You think? Well, he's it's he describes seeing everything that happened. So I mean, Are, can we be so sure that the chapter before this was real? What well, says at the same time? Let's see. There's something at the end. The Harry lay flat on his back. Uh, let's see. Two hundred miles away, the boy called Harry Potter woke with a start. I don't know. I guess that sounds pretty like same plane of existence at the same time so like yeah it could just be a dream Uh, i'm taking it at face value okay where it's like no it happened why not so in the past and Mm -hmm. i meant to look this up but i didn't i I think it was just when harry's in the final in the final chamber in the in the sorcerer's stone when mm-hmm. Quirrell turns around and Harry's scar hurts. Oh, and Owen oh, and at the in the great hall when Quirrell tur- turns his head and Harry's scar oh, hurts. Yeah, like yeah. there are a couple of times in Sorcerer's Stone. I think his scar hurts down in the Chamber of Secrets too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's but kind I'm of more of a faint buzz. Positive. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, not as strong because it's not actually him. So so yeah, and this book says like in the past that has meant Voldemort's near like these have all been instances when he is nearby yeah so is Harry like astral projecting feeling this or is something else going on uh in my mind like yeah Voldemort was near all of those times but Voldemort was also channeling power and like charging up for a confrontation at the same time that he happened to be near Harry Potter because you know one kind of led to the other so, like, in my mind, it's, like, whenever Voldemort draws power to do a strong spell or something like that, it could hurt Harry. Because those two are connected somehow. Maybe it's through the scar. Maybe it's something to do with the Horcruxes. Maybe it's, like, for some reason he's pulling energy from Harry every time that he does strong magic somehow. So it could just be him connected that way. Um, I don't know. I, I think it has more to do with when Voldemort does specific things rather than when Voldemort's near, if that makes sense. It's just those have been the things that he's done while near Harry Potter every time. So Interesting. Yeah. And I think he doesn't have too many. Of, I, I don't think he can just kill people. He's not killing people all the time. Like he killed Bertha, I guess, but I don't know. Yeah, and there's no mention of that, but we also don't know. Maybe yeah. Harry's no, well. No, he says the last time a scar hurt Voldemort was near. So yeah, it wasn't that. But for some reason, or maybe Wormtail killed Bertha. Yeah, and it could be it could be some level of astral projecting too, like you said, where for some reason he just 
can be kind of pulled to that and that's enough that it feels as though Voldemort's near and he gets the same feeling as when Voldemort's near, even though he's not, but he kind of mentally is. And it could go either way. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Man, this was a short chapter. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it, it, yeah. Was, it was very, uh, I'm not even sure it's 10 pages. And yeah. so much of it was remember when that mm-hmm. we could talk about, but I'm not. Yeah, remember when you could just listen to the last three mm-hmm, mm-hmm. our first three seasons it's like um he did take like a foot long thing through his arm i kind of forgot about that yeah Ooh, that's like, a long I, thing I, I did like them pointing out that that was through the same arm that he'd had to regrow the bones yeah and it's like yeah. oh i didn't i'm not sure i realized when reading it that it was the same but that yeah i, I mean you really only got two it was 50 yeah. 50 chance like <laughs> yeah I didn't. I didn't realize that either. But it's like, man. So to hear to hear I the can't like, catch a break with that <laughs> it's just keep on coming. <laughs> Whew. Not only did you break it, but then some stupid teacher dissolves your bones, <laughs> and then you nearly die because basilisk. Yay, basilisk! That was a fun book. So Clark, yeah. what's your favorite quote from chapter Sh- two? Shoot, so glad you asked. It's on page twenty-one. Let me flip, flip, flip Adelphia over to it. Uh-huh. Oh, it's it's a lot. It's what you were talking about, essentially, where Harry drafts the letter to Dumbledore, and it is such a good letter. <laughs> you it, wish he'd sent this letter. It made me so happy. Uh, Dear Professor Dumbledore, sorry to bother you, but my scar hurt this morning. Yours sincerely, Harry <laughs> Potter. <laughs> nothing about a dream about uh, Voldemort. Nothing about the circumstances. No data. Just like strictly, and eh, my scar hurt. Yours sincerely. <laughs> it's just so stupid. I love it. Like I'm just gonna. Oh, that that sort of reminds me of another little thing from mm. this, which was Harry writes the whole letter to Sirius, yeah. and it's all very like here's my life and it's all good and like buries the lead a little bit but like yeah, also yeah. does so probably to not alarm like this yeah, is like, the thing that i'm worried about but, but it's like, not like the first thing it's not about. yeah there are yeah. other more exciting things and weird things and there are things don't mm-hmm, worry about it mm-hmm. but then at the end he's got um <laughs> there was no point in putting in the dream he didn't want it to look as though he was too worried it's oh, like dude come on that's the don't whole give impartial right? information that's just a duh. anyway that's not my favorite quote that was more like yeah. oh yeah he told an adult but the only part of it so yeah perhaps I, vital information perhaps more vital information we don't really know at this point <laughs> and i love that like the whole quidditch thing came up and he just like wrote a postscript just like p.s going to the quidditch finals later <laughs> like <laughs> oh okay peace out homeboy the tone changed so fast okay, okay favorite quote my favorite quote is on the next page because mm-hmm. there are only like four pages in this chapter. Mm-hmm. Page 22. Mm. Harry kneaded his forehead with his knuckles. What he really wanted, and it felt almost shameful to admit it to himself, was someone like someone like a parent. An adult wizard whose advice he could ask without feeling stupid. Someone who cared about him, who had experience with dark magic. <laughs> Huh. Hmm. <laughs> I was just I hmm. laughed out loud at that. I was like, why do you why does your image of parent mean someone who also <laughs> has experience with dark magic? <laughs> like why is this a prerequisite for parenthood in your mind? Yeah, right. It's and like, I imagine he was kind of like bending into like, oh wait, I do have one of those who also has this experience. Wait a second. It's just the way that it's phrased. Like it's it's very heart rending that like, oh, like Harry wants a parent and he doesn't have one. But I feel like a seven year old would be like, I want a parent who knows everything about dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit that. So I can just ask him about dinosaurs all, <laughs> all the time. All day long. Listeners. What dinosaur are you? <laughs> Send I us a tweet. I have a whole dress of dinosaurs. I, I wore my dinosaur dress on Valentine's Day. Yay! I just, just because because I really don't care for Valentine's Day and. But you're so lovable. Be your best self. Yeah, when everybody you know is married, Valentine's Day can be real lonely. That's true. 
when you have a Facebook account, Valentine's Day can be lonely. Yes, I. Good I spent Lord. more time on social media than I should have yesterday. Yeah, so. don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, good stuff. Chapter three: The Invitation. Can you synopsis me, please? Do I have to? Yes, get off the dinosaur page, Alyssa. <laughs> We'll we'll save it for some but after show. It's estimated show. to have been about forty feet long, <laughs> and so will this podcast. <laughs> Time has no physical length. Um, um. <clears throat> the invitation in this chapter, Mrs. Weasley sends the Dursleys Muggle Post, mm. inviting Harry to the Quidditch World Cup. And Harry persuades Uncle Vernon to let him go. Yay! Ta-da! Persuades slash threatens slash... That's <laughs> a lot of things. Wins the mental chess match that, mm-hmm. <laughs> that is Life with the Dursleys. Life with the Dursleys. This week's episode, Grapefruit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, what a bad diet. A quarter of a grapefruit Four people does not eating a meal one, make. Yeah, no. Like, I don't care how fat Dudley is. He needs a little bit of something. Yeah. And they didn't even sugar him as far as I could tell. I mean, I I never grew up sugaring my grapefruits. You never sugared your grapefruits? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a very personal question. <laughs> I, for one, have been sugaring my grapefruits from a young age. Have you ever heard of people salting their grapefruits? I've heard of people salting their watermelons. I've not heard of salting grapefruits. I've, I've met people. There, I've had, there are three kinds of people in the world. <laughs> I guess. I've had salting coffee, and that is terrible. That it, it that sounds like, like a horrid accident. Wolf is urine. that what it was? <laughs> yeah, it tastes like wolf urine. It was a horrid accident. It was real bad. It was a salted caramel mishap. Um, yeah, I liked this chapter. It was fun. It was very visual. Uh, I did get a little bit sick of Uncle Vernon being a cartoon version and just hearing just how many shades of purple he turned. Got a little tired of that. I'm like, we get it, okay? He gets mad about everything. This person. This person is like the least human acting person ever. But that's okay. That's okay. I got the hiccups. <laughs> do you now? I do. So Dursley's on a diet. It's uh it's pretty sad that like Dudley has gotten so big that he can't fit into like their what was it, the the name of those the pants? Smeltings sm- Yeah. Smeltings uniforms. Yeah. That's pretty bad. <laughs> like, it's mm. well, and it's also pretty bad that it's not anything else that'll convince the Dursleys that he's too big. Yeah. Then there are no more clothes for your child. Yeah. Like, we can explain away his bullying. We, mm-hmm. I, like, it's almost remarkable that 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 the fact that there are no uniforms for him isn't also a thing that they can explain away about like i can't believe you won't accommodate our magnificent creature of a son yeah like we pay you so much money and you're saying you can't even get us uniforms that are the right size well and this is the kind of size that every human should be because our son is the paragon of humanity yeah i guess even they have their breaking point it's it's Thankfully, that is true. Yeah. But Mr. Dursley is about ready to kill everyone because he doesn't have enough food. The fact that they are all on the same diet is insane. Like, the fact that Dudley's portioning. Yeah. A quarter of a grapefruit for breakfast. That's like a couple slices. I eat a grapefruit for breakfast and I'm hungry in an hour. Like, yeah. And I'm a normal human. I think I can only eat like half a grapefruit. I'm not as white as a bus. Yeah, he's wider than he is tall, which I'm not sure if that's hyperbole or not. I, I don't think so. There's a word for that, but I can't say it on this family-friendly podcast. <laughs> so so I won't. Uh, I see this ending poorly. The Dursley's on a diet. I mean... He, he's going to eat the house. Like, yeah, they yeah. are already such caricatures that he will start gnawing into the, the like, paintings oh, and the, yeah. the houses siding and the roof. And Better hope you don't have lead paint because that's all just, whew, he's going to get termite on it. There's such cartoons that it won't matter. That's like, true. Le- that's lead true. paint doesn't exist in this world. It is, <laughs> everything is edible to Dudley Dursley. <laughs> Everything is edible to <laughs> Dudley Dursley. If you want it enough, everything's edible. 
exactly he's so. like this chapter to me and like the this picture of the dursleys reminds me so much of like a rolled doll story yeah yeah i see like, it like it's it's just stretched enough to mm. be grotesque and fantastical at the same time yeah which is kind of fun yeah i mean it's 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 I mean, it's it's fun this time around because Harry has an upper hand. And because it goes so fast. Mm-hmm. Like, we're done with this chapter and it's like, well, all right, Harry's leaving the next day and we're done with this. Like, gone are the days of spending weeks in this house of it being drugged out and we get to see all of it and it's so annoying. And Harry being locked in his room and being fed only, like, half a can of soup mm-hmm. a day. And it's like, because these characters have zero redeeming qualities zero there is nothing redeeming about vernon or petunia or dudley like there's no reason to root for them there's no reason to pay attention to them it's there like, there was a reason to root for vernon at one point was it there? was in the very first chapter of the first book oh well vernon who desperately wanted to take care of petunia mm. and was very concerned for her and when her when he thought maybe her f- sister had died because he heard a thing and that sounded like them and maybe that's their son. He was very cautious about letting her know because he was, he wanted to protect her. Hmm. Well, gone I, are those days. <laughs> yeah, we just haven't gotten that close in his head for a very long time. Yeah. And he's so resentful of Harry. And honestly, it would take that coming back, which, I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe she'll bring that back in a later book. But in the meantime, I don't care about these characters. I feel no reason to care. Like, they literally just exist because she isn't quite ready to write them out yet. Like, but for all intents and purposes, they don't matter whatsoever. Dudley doesn't matter. Petunia, like, I don't care. These, these characters literally don't matter. They matter because without a parental unit, I think in some ways this, the story becomes problematic. Like, yeah. Harry needs an adult to care for him. But, like, okay, so they matter in the sense of, like, Andy's parents in Toy Story matter. Where it's like, yeah, they exist because something needs to exist. Or I guess any Disney animated movie (laughs) where the parents are just kind of, like, out of the picture. Like, they exist, kind of, maybe. they're always the ones where the kids get in trouble. Yep. So look at Moana. Look at what she could do with two parents. I still haven't seen Moana, and that makes me very sad. so good. I know. I love Lilo and Stitch, but... That's a different story. You'll love the pig. Yeah? You will love the pig. Well, speaking of pig, <laughs> that tiny Perfect owl. Perfect transition. That I love. <laughs> I love the tiny owl named Pig. I love it so much. Okay. It's it's my favorite character. Screw the snake. I hate the snake. Pig is where it's at. My, how fleeting your love is. <laughs> Pig's just way cool. I mean, the snake's way cool, too. I, okay, so I'd cuddle with the snake. Okay, so if we do a- Okay, the snake would eat pig in mm-hmm. a heartbeat. That's true. But if we had like an MFK, I'd probably like, mm, I, I don't know. It's a weird game to play with animals. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> I, I like the owl. Um, it's fun. Uh, but you did mention the pig and Hedwig. Pig versus Hedwig. Oh, pig no versus less. Hedwig. Because Hedwig is not mm, amused. Mm. <laughs> She's like, this is my turf. You were obnoxious. <laughs> get out and like puffs out her chest and like sticks her leg out very straight for the letter (laughs) and like almost as if to prove like that absurd rocketing (laughs) little thing does not get to ever replace me in your mind yeah yeah. i am number one and i will prove it to you this is what a real owl looks like you know yeah golly i love her i like it it's great (laughs) and i like that like the the pig needed no recoup time or anything like, like didn't i'm back i'm here okay yeah, give me the go. thing all right let's go next one <laughs> <laughs> whereas like poor errol is like <sighs> i mean he had four cakes to carry <laughs> stop sending full cakes to he's one boy right stop that no harry harry got four cakes one of them came from the weasleys send him a but slice. also what is wrong with you people no, was it was Some it four cakes? Ca- he got four cakes. He got four cakes. I don't remember if they. I think they all came from different people. But oh right, Ms. Yeah. Weasley also sent like meat pies yep, and yep. all sorts of other awesome things. Which now I really want meat pies, rats. <laughs> all I'm saying is, if you're shipping stuff over over owl, maybe consider like a cupcake. Maybe like an oversized cupcake. 
Mrs. Weasley is not worried about the owl. She is worried about Harry. Well, someone... she has seen how malnourished he is. <laughs> That's true. As soon as she is within a 15 foot radius <laughs> of him, he will have food in his hands forever. I need one of those in my life. <laughs> I, need, I need a Mrs. Weasley. <laughs> That's great. Speaking of Mrs. Weasley, mm-hmm. what do you think about her letter to Yay. Mr. Dursley? Yay, she's the best. It's She is the most graceful wizard to muggle communicator we have seen. Yay, she's great. She normalizes herself to muggledom very well she until does. the very last sentence. Yeah, yep. Which... Other, I mean, other than talking about Quidditch, which you can't get around that. Like, yeah, yeah. She can't say our version of football. <laughs> yeah, it's the World Cup. Our version mm-hmm. of flying broom. Like that wouldn't work. But yeah. when when she says, could could he respond the normal way? <laughs> kind of blew it there. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you were so close. You were speaking the language, <laughs> so close. And then the the letter. That is all covered in stamps. The envelope. What a nice. Uh, I do hope it's enough. <laughs> I just love J.K. Rowling is so good at just making little moments like that, little snapshots, little things to remember. She's a detail writer for sure. Yeah, but she's good at making those little things pop out. It's just, mm, mwah, yeah, very it's good. not cluttered. It's not every single thing is detailed, and I don't even know where to look. Yeah. This chapter did a pretty good job of getting in and out too, really. I mean, for being a for being a uh, Dursley chapter. Tight and bright. Tight and bright. She's getting there. <laughs> We're gonna get on to the actual story, please. Thank you. I, you know, I always struggle with the first part of these books. I, I know, really and do. that there, there's a reason we did three at a time because I knew if we if we were just read that first chapter yep. and then we had the scar, I was like, Clark, Clark will kill me. Yeah, I will die. <laughs> I will literally die. Oh, we should say before we get all the way to the end, for those of us still with us, we're reading three more chapters for the next episode too. Yes, right, four, yes. five, and six. Cool. Yes. And we'll say that again at the end where you where you look for this information too. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, Sassy Harry. Sassy Harry. Sassy Harry using his murderous godfather <laughs> to get his way. It's a little He's hard like, to... well, I guess if you aren't going to let me go, I was just going to go finish up writing a letter to my murderous godfather, Sirius Black. You know the one you saw on your TV. You, Not, know, you know, that murderous wizardly godfather that I talk to all the time. Oh, yeah. By the way. Wizard, I, murder, I magic, godfather. All the, the. Am I saying all the right words Fine, to scare bro. you? Yeah. <laughs> to... Yeah, and it's it's just Harry does not. He is so over it. Give a single care. He's trying to like snap his fingers in a Z formation, but his sleeves are way too long because it's <laughs> Dudley's. So he's just kind of like slapping fabric, you know. But it's still working. <laughs> still working. It's still working. He's killing it. He's a uh, he's he's like on Fashion Week wearing just these ridiculously oversized. And perhaps it's because he's the only person who has enough calories in him. In the house. <laughs> he is staying sharp. He is definitely getting the advantage with that. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I just like that he has just pies, just cakes and cakes and meat pies just stashed. It does lead me to wonder about refrigeration, but it's magic, so... Yeah, may- maybe Mrs. Weasley magicked them? I'm assuming so, because the idea of wizards having refrigerators seems a bit silly, right? I, I've I never pictured yeah. there being a refrigerator there's, in Hogwarts. There's no way yeah. that, that they've co-opted that technology. <laughs> yeah, no, it's way too They're clumsy. They're behind that. So I'm assuming that that's... Magic that, preservatives. Yeah, you just that's not a thing to worry about, really. I'm sure there's eventually a breakdown of flavor and stuff. And I, I love the detail that Hermione sent sugar-free treats. <laughs> because her parents are dentists. Yes. Yep. That's fun. And I was just, uh, and I mean, this is how much of an adult I am now. I read that and I was like, oh, good. He's not going to just eat candy. I I thought the exact same thing. (laughs) If everybody sends him candy, he's going to be so sick all the time. I'm such an adult now. You really are. You're going to start handing out toothbrushes for Halloween. (laughs) Apples. You get an apple and you get an apple. (laughs) If you gave me a perfectly ripe pear for Halloween, I would be so pleased. Or a mango. If I ever told you about mango now. <laughs> I'm kidding. Inside joke. Um, wow, my house is starting to really smell like garlic, by the way. <sighs> I can't even tell because 
I, my house always smells like garlic <laughs> all the time. Well, it's getting there. It I is have... a natural state of things. I'm going to try and one-up you. I, I have genuinely like... can't even tell. <laughs> You're like, this is just how things smell. <laughs> yes. This is garlic. Yes. Uh, um, I had one more note. Yeah. Okay. Um, which is a question. Mm-hmm. So at the at the end of all of this haggling with Uncle Vernon about whether to go to the Quidditch World Cup, he tells Harry, "Have them come pick you up. I can't be driving you all over." Yep. Does that seem in character to you? Because to me, I think he's very concerned about his neighbors seeing anything strange and inviting the Weasleys to his house seems like something that he would be very leery of. Like, I feel like he would pick a neutral location that he thinks no one will see him in and like meet in a dark alley and make Mm -hmm. the exchange of the child. Yeah. Uh, That's a good point. I guess I didn't really think about that because I mean, it does seem in character for him to not, want to drive harry it does i get that part but you're right because especially if they come pick him up there's a chance that he would like meet them or he see was them so alarmed at the mailman's curiosity about yeah. the stamps on the letter yeah that like if that's enough of a thing to concern you you're gonna invite wizards to your house even for a brief moment like he doesn't trust these people yeah that's true what no. is he thinking i think you're right i think it's just strictly writing error on her part where it's like, well, we need them to come get him. I I think she just didn't she, solve the problem very well, I and, think, at the end of the day. And she maybe didn't want to, like, pick a neutral location and have that whole circus actually happen. Yeah, like, like why we... add complexity when it's like, eh, let's have him come to the house. But they're going to fly to the house. <laughs> like, it's going to be real. Like, it, it's going to be... A disaster. Yeah, it's, it's not going to go well. It's going to be nuts. This whole thing. He's going to regret crazy. that decision. Especially, he has so much stuff to pack now. Uh, especially if he's going to be like living with them. But I guess their car does have that back seat that kind of goes on for a while. And but yeah, but he is Harry Potter in that he doesn't have a lot of things. That's true. He has That's a lot true. of money, but not a lot of things. Uh, he's accumulating more and more things as he grows. But yeah, so it goes. Hmm. I think that's what I got. I think we did it. We did great. Uh, I'm trying to think about predictions. Uh, World Cup. Uh, I, I mean, it, Voldemort's made it clear that he's waiting until after. So Which made me laugh out loud. And it was like, we we surely couldn't act until after the Quidditch Cup. And I was like, yes, nothing before Quidditch. Nothing before Not Quidditch. Not a single thing. It's almost tea time. You can't he, do anything. He says it's because all of the wizards are going to be on high alert and flowing mm-hmm. into the country. But I'm like, no, you're just going to have your popcorn and be watching the, the Quidditch World Cup yeah, because it's the only thing Voldemort. that anyone ever lives for, right? That's right. That's right. No, that's exactly what it is. I don't have like... disdain for athletics. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. It's you're a Harry Potter fan. You're not expected to like love team sports. Oh, I'm I'm very interested to Speaking see how these yeah. Quidditch chapters go if they're good. Is that just what the next three chapters are going to be? No. I don't. I don't know. I I can't really remember how the actual matches go. Hopefully, they just go through it. So, because like I couldn't really remember. I, I had a different opinion of how the Quidditch chapters went before, I think. I think I just breezed by them and didn't really have to look too closely at them. And so hmm. in this, we look a little closer. And so I find problems. <laughs> That's okay. It'll be fine. It'll be good. And maybe we'll see the glimpse of the, the next plan kicking into action. Hopefully we get some more time in the burrow. That'd be way fun. And maybe in the next three chapters, we'll get the whole, like, then we went to Hogwarts thing. I feel like that's just another prerequisite chapter of like, well, they need the chapter of getting to Hogwarts. Yeah, you, you got to be on the Hogwarts Express at some point. And then, honestly, Diagon Alley, I don't, I think we might be past that. Maybe. We might be past that because I'm looking now, it's like, do we really need to go back? Like, I, I feel like Diagon Alley could pretty much be a chapter now of like, Harry went back to Diagon Alley, waving at the bartender who looked like a toothless walnut as he went to get his books, and he got his books, and then they're done. I think some of it depends on if Harry's still taking the same classes. 
Like if if, yeah. if they're expanding his course load at all into weird and interesting places, that then that might unlock weird and interesting stores. Like another monster book, another yeah. But like the I guess next sort of iteration like, of that is that played out though. Like I don't know anything in Harry Potter played out. <laughs> Hopefully the Dursleys are played out. Hopefully this is the last book we really have to deal with the Dursleys. Unless we actually learn things about them that makes me care. We'll see. Uh, do you have any predictions? I predict that things are going to drive you bonkers in this book. Ah! <laughs> if you just spent the whole time with the Dursleys. But I do predict that you're going to fall deeper in love with Pig. <laughs> that makes me so happy. So it's Pig, and what's the name of the other one? Nij, Nij, Nig, Nagini. Nagini. Isn't the Japanese word for eel Nigiri? Because you I'm, get like a Nigiri roll? Mm. I don't think that's the word for eel in hmm. sushi. Okay, that's fine. But I'm not positive, as I've only ever had sushi once, <laughs> so I am not an really? expert. Oh, man. I didn't love, love it, although the eel was my favorite. Eel is so good. It's, yeah. I mean, it's the most approachable of, of sushi toppings really? for sure yeah well i mean it's usually covered in like a barbecue type sauce so yeah, it's like, it was delicious yeah. I, it, it came with avocado and i was like yes all the things yeah yeah that's what i want eel rolls are usually very approachable which is fine gotta love sushi gotta love snakes gotta love pig yay <laughs> pig uh did we do favorite quotes no, not we yet. We did not. What was your favorite quote? I don't have one written down. You go first. Well, I put two down because I knew that you would probably pick one of them. So I think you should go first. Okay. I can do that. Let me... Uh... I'll bleed. I'll take this BuzzFeed quiz of what dinosaur <laughs> best fits your personality to see if I can get the same answer. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, probably uh, <clears throat> this the one on 35. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Knew it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot here to take from, but um, let's see. I <laughs> like how Harry stared at the word pig, then looked up at the tiny owl, now zooming around the light fixture on the ceiling. He had never seen anything that looked less like a pig. Maybe he couldn't read Ron's writing. He went back to the letter. <laughs> like... He's like, maybe it says pin. Maybe it says pill. What else would it be? But I just like that he's like, that doesn't look like a pig. <laughs> huh. Is that is that what you he's, thought? He's very literal, Harry. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I don't think that was the one, actually. I thought you were going to pick... Um, Ouch, sorry, Harry said. Oh. As what appeared to be a small gray feathery tennis ball collided with the side of his head. Harry massaged the spot furiously, looking up to see what had hit him, and saw a, ma a minute owl, small enough to fit into the palm of his hand, whizzing excitedly around the room like a loose firework. I do like that. I like the I loose do like firework. That. Loose firework. Um, but I'm actually going to pick the other one, which is on page 37. Page 37, mine. yay! Um, and it's it's Hedwig, Hedwig being all, whatever, I'm better than that. Mm. The letter finished. He tied it to Hedwig's leg. She kept unusually still, as though determined to show him how a real post owl should behave. That's right. Get it. Sassy Hedwig. Sassy Hedwig. Let, like me the sassies this chapter. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> I also love that Sirius keeps sending strange exotic birds to the house. I, now you're just showing off, man. Well, yeah, you're showing off, but also like discretion yeah like are, are you trying to be found out it's so conspicuous to just send a giant like toucan is he doing it just to uh make harry happy or? it would make me so happy to have a giant tropical bird fly up to my window oh man that would make my day i saw i there's a bald eagle that i see on my way to work every morning now it just hangs out in the same tree i love it it's a great bird Except it was flying around the baby goats the other day, and I'm like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> like this is not okay. Don't make me commit a felony right now. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about the time that I was in South Dakota and they had a giant Christmas tree in the Capitol, and at the top of it was a taxidermied bald eagle? <laughs> what? 
I was like, how did they get that? <laughs> I looked at it. And I was like, uh, pretty sure that's illegal. How do you have that in the Capitol? <laughs> Like, I mean, maybe they got a lot of permission, but man, you need a lot of permission. It would need to be like a gift from a tribe, essentially, right? Which it might have been. Could be. I, <laughs> I don't know how many tribes are like, thank you so much. Thank you. Here's a gift here. Please. Thank you. Pier is surrounded by three different reservations. Yeah. So well, that would make be. sense. Could be. Um, in other news, I took this BuzzFeed quiz while you were looking for your favorite quote. And my, <laughs> oh, <laughs> my, the dinosaur I am is Hadrosaur. I prefer to be on my own most of the time. But when you do go out, it's only with your closest friends. Very true. Yeah. You're naturally the parent of your friend group. <laughs> <laughs> and you're extremely loyal to the ones you love. Yeah. Maybe the other answer was wrong because that is me to a T. Yeah. So. Oh, our little hadrosaur. Little, I am Molly Weasley. That is who Aww. I am. <laughs> and she's so lovable. So there you go. Perfect. <sighs> well, this was fun. It feels so good to be back in Harry Potter. I really yeah. enjoyed our foray elsewhere, but it Harry, was fun. Harry Potter's like coming home. I feel like I probably upset so many people because I was I was not very generous to the past book, but that's okay. We had some good conversations. I'm glad we did it. Yeah, I'm glad we did it too. But I am glad we're back uh, as part of our many multi-year journey. <laughs> <laughs> saga, if you will. The saga, yes. <laughs> Uh, and like I mentioned before, we are talking about chapters four, five, and six next chapter or next uh, episode. It's, we'll call it the New Hope episode. The New Hope. Yes. <laughs> the, <laughs> the original trilogy episode. <laughs> and then we'll go back and, and we'll just forget about four somehow and chapter six. And Anyway, it'll be good. It'll be good. Uh, if you want to talk to us about this, if you want to share your dinosaur or maybe your favorite quote or maybe uh any like snake milk recipes oh no send those <laughs> to clark at clark hodges send the dinosaur thing to me at Alyssa small on and twitter and everything else to add wordstruck pod on twitter and at wordstruck podcast on instagram are we still there we're at, still doing stuff at, uh, uh, okay we're at wordstruck pod on twitter Yay. and instagram Yay. we're also on facebook all right and you can email us at wordstruckpodcast at gmail.com. Do it. Yay. Bye, everybody. 